Welcome to Shame Watch, a guilt-free dive into those massive movie failures that we hate to love. Each week we look at a movie that either we or our guests love, but society shames them for. We peek in each nook and cranny for every bright spot, keeping the public at bay while watching these movies like the miracles that they are. I am Kenny Madison, Chief Archivist for All Things Flat Film. Visit us at youtube.com slash flatfilms. Uh, across from me is... Aaron Salinas, Big Comfy on SoundCloud, coming at you live, coming at you hot, coming at you sweaty... Uh, editor, um, huggable guy, um, uh, debating the the beard. So sorry if you're not sure who I am. If I'm a massive toddler or uh, Aaron that you normally see, so we'll just keep it from there. I need to post those mustache pictures of you. Uh, uh, it's a on good mustache. Media. It's not. It's not a guy. I look like an '80s sitcom cop. No, it's a good mustache. no, 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 yeah, no, it's, no, no, no. You don't. I look Tom like a, Salak, my friend, you're not. No, uh, no, no, no. Heidi, would you like to be the judge? Yes, please. Uh, right. uh, um, our guest to uh, my left is... Heidi Rogers. Uh, Heidi Rogers, a uh, local comedian, actress, raconteur. Uh, <laughs> what? You're a raconteur. You're a raconteur. A raconteur? Raconteur. Oh, that's a special... I'm I'm looking at a photo of well, Aaron with the mustache. Right um, that's a special look no. for you. <laughs> that's, that's a special look. We all know special is good. That's a good look. We, mm, we special... 80, 80s sitcom cop. I mean, it's a little Carl Carl from Carl family, family Guy. Right? Family Guy? Family Matters. Family Matters. There we go. Let's try that again. Uh, <laughs> and that's early. The early 90s. And our fearless leader, James Fight, will be joining us midway, in which case we will stop Rude. the podcast cold and address what just <laughs> happened. Uh, because we're currently starting without him. Uh, absolutely. Today, we are so thrilled <coughs> to be covering... Sorry, I got it back. You were so <laughs> close to the microphone right now. Today, <laughs> we are so thrilled to be covering the 1995 Alfonso Cuaron directed film, A Little Princess. Heidi, thank you so much for joining us today. That was a goddamn nightmare trying to. <laughs> you were peeking. You were. Okay. What? <laughs> Kenny, here, let me try this. Today, we are going to go over the 1995. Alfonso Cuarón, film A Little Princess. Oh, okay, Karina Longworth. <laughs> this is his first English language directorial debut, and I think you can see the early startings of genius right then and there in A Little Princess. Where am I supposed to sit? So <laughs> oh I'm not my peeing? god! How am I supposed to not pee? I'll just, just keep my hand on your dial. Just it's move fine. it slightly away from you. So my voice is all my voice is all over the place. Yeah, just sit that far back. And I know you can't see this at home, but he's sitting you, almost you're, to the wall. You're arching your neck. Okay. Yeah, you're not. You're fine. Wherever you want to be, buddy, I'll, I'll dial you Do in. Do y'all edit okay. this? Or is this, or is this? Or is this just pure? No, we edit it. Okay. <laughs> you good? I don't, because I always, I feel like I always sound soft on the podcast. But then there are points Maybe where you I'm should sit on that chair. talking aggressively loud. Sit in that chair so you have more space. No. Okay. <laughs> so dramatic. No. Uh, no. So today we're covering the 1995 film of Alfonso Cuaron, directed film A Little Princess, just like Heidi said, doing her best Karina Longworth impression. I don't know who that is, but I will take it as a compliment. It's Karina Longworth. Karina Longworth. I don't know who that is. Karina Longworth. Karina Longworth. So no clue. I the, the host no. of the I don't know the host of the podcast. You must remember this. 
uh, a really lovely deep dive you must into remember old this. Hollywood. Uh, she just did a wonderful miniseries about Song of the South. Uh, wow. Six Degrees mm. of Song of the South. Mm. Really great. And also, Party. Uh, her husband is Mr. Karina Longworth, uh, Ryan Johnson. Oh, which oh. I hate that that's how we yeah, have to know who she makes, is. Uh, but to be fair, I mean, to be fair, like, there are just people that are just more famous than others. Yeah. And that's not like, and the thing is, like, you knew who she was because she had a podcast. Yeah. So it's not like she is defined by that necessarily, right. but a, a yeah. layman might not know. I, we I, weren't, I, it doesn't discredit her. No, not saying. at all. Yeah. Mm-mm. I mean, I didn't think it discredited her. No, not at all. We're, we're, we're I'm not falling, didn't know. Uh, the, the Little Princess. It's not the uh, Shirley Temple film. No. That I almost rented on YouTube. That's fantastic, and I wish you had. And then we would have been talking the whole time about two different movies. And you're like, what are you? It's black and white, guys. Well, that happened with Johnny. Um, we were Did supposed it? to watch Orange County, and oh, he came in watching funny. The Thing. Well, that's just two different movies. Yeah. But, like, the idea, though, that, like, two be- you have two of the exact same name movies and nobody defined it would be well, really funny. This is something that I learned because... I always just thought that this was an Alfonso Cuaron movie. I didn't realize. I didn't realize it was until I saw the credits at the end. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I just watched it growing up and I loved it. I loved it. What's your history with this movie? Okay. So, and I just rewatched it today, like just now. (laughs) It was, I mean, like, obviously I can see it now with a new set of eyes as like an adult and like, you know, times have changed and whatever, but God, that thing has, it's just great, I think. I think it's just great. Um, yeah, it's almost like, why is this on Shame Watch? Unless y'all thought it was really bad, but well, what? Th- th- that's <laughs> a great question. I know that uh, at one, Aaron, you were the one that brought a little princess as as being well, a Shame Watch, no, kind of. No, I didn't bring it up as a Shame Watch. I brought up, because um, we were doing themed months at the time. Oh, and, right. Uh, I said, hey, considering where we are politically, let's do a shout out for uh, immigrant directors. Um, oh. and their shame watches, which that's, and it's not discrediting a little princess. Sure, but sure, sure. For Corone, that's an earlier film. Yeah, you, you but know, again, it's still his, his first English. Like I just looked this up before I came, and it was it's his first English language directorial film. And, and damn impressive for yeah, and yeah. It's okay. So my history with it is. Let me go back. So I, I, I was. I was always and probably still am, but as a kid, I was really fascinated by like the early, I don't know if it's Victorian era, but like what is that era that was like the early like teens and 20s, like that kind of- Turn of the century. Turn of the century, yeah. Turn of the 19th, uh, or turn to the 19th to the 20th century. Not industrial, but not quite- Yeah. buggy. Yeah. World War One chic. World War- Oh my God! Yes. Okay. You got your fashionable mustard. All right. Yeah. Oh God! I know. Can't right now. But that's the thing too is I've forgotten that this had anything to do with war as well. But anyway, the war to end all wars, and you were wearing the coat to end all coats. Oh, good God (laughs) in heaven! But no. So I was. I'm gonna punch you. I. I love you so much. Um, No, I. So I was obsessed from when I was really little. Like when I was like two or three years old, my mom sat me down. We watched. Do you know? Are you familiar with Anne of Green Gables and Anne of Avonlea? Yes. yes, I'm talking about the the originals from 1985 Mm -hmm. and 86. Okay. So my mom sat me down and watched those with me at an itty bitty age, and I was obsessed. And that was like that kind of era, like late 1900s or late 1800s, early 1900s. And I remember being obsessed with the idea of like boarding schools and like when I 
was like probably like nine or ten. My mom homeschooled me for a little while because I thought I wanted to be homeschooled, but I'm an extrovert and that was a horrible idea. <laughs> so that lasted all of six months and then I went to public school. Um, but yeah, so when my little sister and my mom and I would go to the mall, I remember I would, Lakeline Mall in Cedar Park, Texas, and I would have my sister like stand up straight and we would walk in lines like really particularly and then do like turn corners and i'd be like tiffany you have to really turn the corner my poor little sister five years younger than me and i was such a bossy boss and i would make her turn corners with me and everything and so like anna van avonlea has a boarding school in it this movie has a boarding school in it just obsessed with boarding school type movies yeah and I was also obsessed with like imagination and faraway lands. Oh, and so okay. this movie being about somebody coming from India, which yes, we could talk about how problematic it is that there's like, you know, the British colonization of India and like <laughs> how there's some other stuff going on in this film that you're like, we're just not really touching on that. But yeah. that's fine. Uh, that's fine. I mean, I think you can't touch on everything in a kid's film. It's, uh, it's fine. It's fine. It'll be fine. It's fine. So I, I do but have yeah. that question. So that's kind of, I think where I come from, but I was obsessed with this movie. I, loved this movie and it came out in 95 so i was probably nine ten years old oh rock and roll that's awesome so yeah. you were okay so i was their age basically is this a child's movie that's what i was it's curious a kid's about movie, I think it is so. a kid's movie yes i think it's a kid's movie but it's i think adults can watch it and still like enjoy it to a, to an extent like if you're watching it with your kids because it kind of felt oscar baby almost uh, this, oh this no. feels like that very specific mid-90s genre <laughs> of uh, kids are wonderful and smart and all adults are evil <laughs> but it's also not zany or madcap uh, it's it's kind of serious yeah it's uh, serious because it was like, around this time there was also the Secret Garden movie yeah. and this movie if you look up this movie um, the Secret Garden comes up like immediately afterward it's like uh, you would also yeah. enjoy this and I remember loving the secret garden <laughs> i don't have as strong of memories about it and i sure. but i as i had with this film and i watched this film an absurd amount of times and that's why like when y'all brought it up for me to possibly do this podcast yeah. i was like and you said little prince i was like i'm not really interested in this movie this movie <gasps> little princess! freaked out yeah Just punched so kenny it's not a shame <laughs> shut no i did i was immediately like look i'm sorry like i know that maybe i'm like not remembering it correctly because obviously i haven't watched it probably in 20 years which yeah. makes me sound old but like i probably haven't well, you I, know i think out of alfonso coron's movies this is the most shame watching yeah it's just like with pacific just, rim this is so this movie is so it's such a tonal oddball considering the kinds of kids movies that are made now it is so earnest it is it, it's so earnest and it's so it's simple dry not necessarily i don't want to say dry it, it's it's okay the best way to describe it for me here we is, go is here's the best way to describe for it. me is like it's like this a is it's a cheese away. board it's a cheese board it's what? a cheese board that it's, it's that. there's some elegant notes to it there's some playful notes with the jam uh, we got a little bit of dates back there happening. keep things moist but for the most part it's a very good palate cleanser it's nothing that's way 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 over the top exciting but there are some bits where you're like oh i've never had that before i'd like to do this again and and there, to me it's just a really well-placed cheese board i usually turn things into food um but yeah that's the best <laughs> way to describe it for me it's just something that there's some really great parts to it, but overall, it's it's got some really good mellow flavor. Um, and for Coron, it's it's got some great seeds of Coron, but it's it not has Coron. The it has the beginnings. Yeah. Which is why when I saw it, I went, oh! And then I went, oh! Like, it was sort of like yeah. that, 
that's surprising. Well, not really, actually, now that I think about it. There's some definite, like, feelings of him in it. And so I think probably it's important for people listening who haven't seen The Little Princess just to get a brief synopsis, if you don't mind. Would it be okay if Please, I give a brief absolutely. synopsis? Yeah. Um, so brief synopsis of Little Princess. Um, basically, um, a girl who has grown up in colonialized India. Her father's in the British uh, military. So she's grown up mostly in India. Her mother died, we don't know how, probably in childbirth or something. Yeah, I think they described that it was childbirth. Was it childbirth? Okay. With, uh, her little Because she said, my mother's in heaven along with my little sister. Oh, then yes, yeah. it was definitely childbirth. Her head was too fat. Oh my God, I <laughs> she said can't that. with you right now. It was weird. <laughs> so she's not a C-section. But that hasn't been invented yet. Okay, yeah. I'm just asking. <laughs> what she died? Call the midwife, guys. Fat head baby. Fat head baby. Listen, your little sister's head was too big, so your mom died. That's what happens when just babies happened. have big heads. Turn of the century. Luckily, was weird, you're man. It was- or just every time before, like, 1950 was weird. If, if you really think about it, like, before the C-sections were, like, a safe thing, which, I don't know, was the 50s or 60s. I don't even know if they're still safe. It did sound scary. No, I mean, they're, they're like, a common procedure. They I'm are? not saying okay. that there aren't still complications, but, like, C-sections are normal. I was a C-section baby. Like Same. I was a hefty baby. I mean, same. We're going to give each what? other a high five yeah. off microphone. I Kenny, were you a C-section baby? Oh, yeah. High five. Okay, also high five Kenny off. Because they, they told my mom, they're like, Miss Salinas, it's going to be a sturdy one. And she was like, but he's a preemie. They're like, there's nothing preemie about this one. She was like, cut me open. Uh, just get him out. That, that's how I live. Anyway, <laughs> so the point bit, the point is. Fathead baby, go on. World War One is beginning at the beginning of this movie. And so the dad decides to take his little daughter, his little princess, his only daughter, to America, to New York, to go to a boarding school that is that her mother had gone to when she was a kid because it's safer there. So the dad takes her there, drops her off. Um, she's definitely like, somehow this dad has a tr- trash ton of money, even though he's in the military. I'm guessing he's like a lord or something who's like, high up in the military i'm not sure what but she's got like the fanciest room with all the nice stuff she's mm-hmm. not a little like b about it or anything like that it's just like she clearly comes from wealth and she's mm-hmm. and she's used to wealth and there's clearly resentment straight away from different people in the school especially the headmistress who is like the main antagonist in this film i can't remember her name at the moment it's miss Minchin. Miss yes. Minchin. Yeah, never Minchin. mind i do remember her name nice. clearly right away and sarah's the little girl by the way um and so the film then takes place and it, it's basically going through um, kind of, there's a lot of tones and, and things about privilege in this. There's a lot of um, kind of racial, like some, I mean, it's not like super heavy, but like there's a little girl who's actually the girl who was in, who is um, the, the daughter of Ian Malcolm um in the lost world yes the jurassic park lost world this the sequel with yeah. Oh, yeah. remember yeah, yeah yeah ian malcolm's daughter so that's where you'll see her in like a couple years after that and yeah. and um i always remember looking at her and be like oh yeah it's the girl from little princess and then you know later on, i was like it's the girl from jurassic park um and so she's in it and she's like slavery obviously is like w- been over for like a hot minute once this sh- movie comes probably like 40 or 50 years but mm-hmm. um but obviously there's still a huge discrepancy. And so this little 
black girl is working in the school as like a maid and nobody's allowed to talk to her. She lives in the attic. She's alone in the world. Um, Becky. 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 Yeah, Becky. And they become uh, besties eventually. Um, And there's all these other little school girls. And of course, I identify with the little chubby girl with glasses. And I'm like, yep, that's me. She, she, we, her, our introduction to her is uh, she couldn't do her math problem. No, fast enough. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, Miss Minchin. I, I stayed up all night study and Ms. Minchin's like I have a hard time believing yeah. that oh, she was crazy oh she's got that eyebrow uh, that Miss Minchin uh, the actress who plays her you've seen her in a bunch of stuff but like her eyebrow work and she has this mole in the back of her neck which I don't know why but that mole is like quintessential bad guy mole for a woman like it's just what you've got to have is a mole on the back of your neck or somewhere on your face you're not going to make it if you don't get that mole if you don't have that mole you yeah. might as well not be a bad guy yeah um Sorry, should I keep talking about it or should I stop? Is no, that is that, I, a, is that good context? Well, to add even more context, yeah. Uh, what we like to do uh, for movies that we talk about is we like to provide a little bit of context why someone might feel a little bit of shame uh, for the movies that we talk about. So we read negative reviews uh, that we find from critics oh, really? on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. Yeah. Can I give my criticism first or I'm not allowed to? Uh, let me read this first and then we'll definitely get to the criticism. Okay, because, but I just uh, I just have one uh, one thing I have to say really quickly. Uh, Aaron, I, I, Ma- I'll allow Ma- Magical Aaron? Negro. That's all. I'm going to bring that up here oh, in a second. Boy, howdy, yeah. yeah. Okay, oh, that's all. Boy, I just howdy. wanted to say that I that was my thing that I realized this time around. Anyway, continue uh, on. Aaron, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to flag that and come back to that. Uh, gotcha. That's Seven. a true, by the way. I'm not saying like... 1746. Yeah, it's not just a thing that you say out of the. Out of the <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not just saying magical. You're just in line. Yeah. You're just in line. I'm saying the trope. Like, magical Negro. No, no. <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. It's really important. I just mean that the magical Negro trope is massive in this film, except it's magical Indian person it's, instead. It's, uh, but it's a trope. It's not like I'm just saying cool, that. Yeah, no, let, let's <laughs> For just giggles. Get <laughs> all of the people of color serve to enrich the all of the white people's experience. Yes. Uh, I would say, hey, it's James. Hi, James. It's fine. Uh, Don't be sorry. I'm so sorry. It's so it's so fine. I interrupted everything. It's fine. Um, but welcome to Shame Watch Guilt for Dying. <laughs> oh my God! No, we're way Uh Guys, welcome to Shame Watch. We're 19. Shame Watch. Uh, Today our special guest is... Hi, my name is Heidi Rogers. I am an improviser. I am in sales. If you are a CPA or accountant and you need a way to take payments online and in your office, please let me know. You can email me at hrogers at cphrge.com. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, And today we're watching the hardly acclaimed princess in everyone's heart that we love, a little princess. We gotta do this correctly. I'm Aaron Salinas. (laughs) No, Aaron, we already did. Oh shoot! My name is Heidi Rogers, uh, and hello. Kenny, you just got to introduce yourself now. Uh, James, here's what you missed. Okay, <laughs> magical. Sure, I'm Kenny Madison, chief archivist of FiveFilms.com. Uh, oh, James, Lord. here's what you meant, I missed. I made a killer, killer joke about Karina Longworth, yeah, and everyone, <laughs> everyone laughed like so hard. I bet they. And then they were like, "You're so funny. Can you make a joke about World War One?" And then I was like, "Can't I?" 
No. And it talked about the fact mm-hmm. that this movie set in World War One. It was and set there, in World War One. And there's and he made a fashion vaguely, joke. Vaguely. It's not I mean, it's not I would not say that it's yes, it's a part of the film, but it's not like the hugest part. It's not it's hugest, no wonder Woman, you know. No, 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 no I would say more dirty dancing too, Havana. Oh my yeah. god, <laughs> you shut your mouth. <laughs> this is amazing. I this movie's about a little princess. Wonder Woman's about a big princess. Yes. Yeah. Well, an adult princess. She's not big. This princess she's is little. very wish she was felt. I mean, she's bigger than Sarah. Who's Sarah? Oh, Sarah in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. The titular little princess. No, yeah. I know who she is. She's little. Guys, yeah, she's little. this is a part of my childhood, so don't fuck it up, okay? Oh, That would be geez. great. Thanks. Well, I watched it today. We were Me just, too. I just finished it. We were getting into context with it. I just high five yeah. James off, off mic. Uh, I like how like I'm not a part of this podcast, but I'm like doing all the podcasty things that people do in podcasts. You are a part of this podcast. Part well, I know. I mean, I'm just a guest, though. Not do you just want a guest. Wait, wait, wait. Just how a guest. Do you, you want to be more? Just, uh, uh, I no, because Sunday nights are for relaxing, <laughs> not not for. This isn't relaxing. I mean, this is relaxing, but normally on my. No, it's fine. No, my <laughs> Sunday evenings are like doing laundry, like putting stuff away. I bubble heart, bath. I put my heart you. out there. Lol. No, no, I would love to have done this. Yeah, like at like six, that would be great. Like six 20, or seven. Twenty-one in. Yeah. Twenty-one. So, anyways, the Kenny, point is the context. I don't, but I, I slightly disagree with you, though, in the fact that I don't think every character that's a person of color in this movie services the entire movie. I do think that um, the little girl. You're gonna take the, a picture of my eyebrows right now. Oh my god! There's only one person of color. That's no! Whoa, what? Did you forget magical Indian man? I think, Indian it, man? Oh, I think I did. across the done. way. I did forget about him because you I did. <laughs> What you? What did you say? I don't understand. That's racist. Well, that's that's I'm not racist. A white straight male. Yes, you are. That's understand. important to know. Sorry, uh, there's a bunch of pictures of Leanne Cunningham looking really hot on my phone right now because uh, Sir Davos from Game of Thrones yes. is the dad, which I always right. thought it was um, Mr. Snape. <laughs> Sorry, I can't think of his name. <laughs> the dad, the dad from um, oh, I can't think of that actor's name from uh, Malfoy's dad. Uh, Mr. Jason Malfoy, Isaac. not yeah, Jason Isaacs, not Snape. Malfoy's dad, Mal- yeah. Mr. <laughs> Mr. I knew Malfoy. What you were about, yeah. yeah, yeah. I always thought it was Jason, and then I looked back and it was like, oh, I know why I thought that. They do have some similar kind of looks, but I just realized I just turned thirty-four. Nice, just like a week and a half ago. I made it, guys. Well done. I'm in my mid thirties. Oh my god! No! Why is this happening? Happy oh, birthday no. to you. You can take a picture of this face too. Happy birthday, dear Heidi Rogers. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, everyone. Okay, hold on. I got to pick Are you now? Thirty-four. How old are you? Still 34. How old are you now? I already told you I'm 34. How old are you now? I am the same age that Liam Cunningham was when he made this film. That's the point. We gotta be inclusive for the Spanish people. Guys, let's just let him do it. (laughs) Kat Drago is here. She would do it. We're we're 23 in. We we don't know Kat Drago. All right. Yes, you do. Two people at the table know Kat Drago. I know Kat Drago. Do you not know Kat Drago? I mean, I know who she is. Sorry, this is really inside baseball. If people don't do Austin improv. Um, A little princess. Sorry, it's really important for me to have all the names of the characters at hand okay where is the little okay the princess so becky 
I do believe is not just there to service the plot. I do think Becky becomes a more engaged person. I'm not saying that she isn't less a part of the plot than the, you know, main white actress, obviously, but I'm sorry, Kenny, are you slowly raising your hand in slow motion? Mm-hmm. It's your podcast. I You can talk whenever you want. Uh, go ahead, Kenny. Kenny has the floor. Go ahead. Wow. Uh, so I learned today in the book that Becky is just a white girl. What? And for some reason... <laughs> oh my God, are you doing a Becky joke right now? I'm not doing a joke. Becky Tread was... lightly. Uh, Becky was just a white girl. So the one girl of color in this movie was specifically made to be the slave. But... Okay, if- but, no, mm, but yeah. Sarah breaks down those barriers with right. her friendship and stories, I might add. Her yeah. stories. Also, wait, okay, time out. So first of all, yes, this is in early 1900s. There's no way there's going to be a little black girl that's one of the girls that are in that school. Facts. There's no way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's 1970. Yeah, it's like, that's War not War a thing. So I think Alfonso Curion and whoever else was casting went, we should probably get a person in color in here. One, it's yeah. m- more realistic. Yeah. Two, the fact that she's using her as a conduit sort of to India to go like, hey, it's not cool that we're isolating you in this fashion. We are the same. Now, granted, this is super basic kid level racial <laughs> stuff here. Yeah, yeah. But I think but I think it's better than having n- no person of color in the mix at all. Agreed. Yes, but also this is uh, this is also a film that has a lot of magical realism. Uh, this is a film what? where magical realism. Wait where a minute, magical realism. There's magic in this. Movie? There was a ten-headed dragon, James. You cannot say that. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on, James. You didn't watch a Little Princess. You watched Independence Day. Oh, oh my God! Oh, no, he did. watched Air Force One, which is the other movie this little girl is in. She's the daughter, Harrison Ford's Get daughter. Get out of my boarding school. Yeah, she was such a little. A B in that movie, like in a good way. Like she was like a strong, strong little B. badass. Yeah. yeah, I was honestly surprised that the main, uh, the little princess, this Sarah, she she was only in like three other films. Yeah, she's and only in three really, films, and she never did anything else. Yeah, I really yeah, liked her. Uh, I the she way was she adorable. speaks. Uh, she's also, I I believe, a hotel heiress. She is. Oh, she is. Oh. She never needed to do it. It was like, oh, let's do this. I'm done. Is she Madame yeah, La actually, Quinta? I actually, yeah, she's Madame, she's Madame La, Quinta. La Quinta. I took pictures, actually, which I'm sorry, people on the internet, so you can't see this right now. But so you're talking about how she's she just like a normal like person, like now, like you know what I mean? Like she's not an actress. Well, th- I'm just mean she's not an actress anymore. You're correct. She's the, muggles. the little girl that sorry, I took a picture. This is this is um, the picture of the dad then, and this is the picture now. Papa. I'm still into Papa. Yeah, he this daddy. Papa. he's he's daddy. <laughs> yeah. he daddy. He's daddy. And then check out the the little round girl that. I really identified with. She's smoking. Go you. She was uh, smoking hot. Yeah. You girl. Yeah. She reminds yeah. me of your rocking from Jojo it. Rabbit. Probably just because of those glasses. I know that's probably why. And I can't believe I just called it a little round girl. I feel really bad about that. I just want to uh, apologize. Speaking of little round girl, we should oh get around to uh, providing a little bit of context about why someone might feel a little bit. Of How long you guys haven't gotten the context? Yep. Okay, we so now can I talk about the magical Negro birthday. context? <laughs> This is the one thing. Okay, do it. It's just the thing. I just wanted to make sure that I got to talk about it. Oh, we'll definitely come back to it. Okay. Uh, Welcome to Shame Launch. We already did that. Uh, In a review, guys, buckle in. I'm Heidi. And I'm James. And I'm Kenny Madison, Chief Archive of Flatfilms.com. Uh, we publish six videos a week. This week, watch our special exclusive video series on pumpkin spice flavors. Where do they come from? How do they get here? Where did you they mean, come from? Where, where did, did you go? go? Where did you go? Pumpkin spice. Oh, hey! Uh, and this is an ad for Starbucks. 
Starbucks. Thank you, Starbucks. Real talk. Thanks, oh, Starbucks. I'm so proud of you, Starbucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I love you, Starbucks. Yeah. I was really tempted to buy a, a card detailing kit that was pumpkin spice scented. Just wanted to share that that it, we've gotten to that extreme. And yeah, there's a pumpkin a spice yeah. poopery. Oh my god! Of course there is. Uh, guys, buckle in. This might be one of the most rough reviews that we've ever read. Okay, really? read this it. Podcast. Read it. Uh, buckle in, guys. I'm already buckled. In review titled <laughs> "Princess Stagey Whoa. but Has Charm" by Peter Stack of the San Francisco Chronicle, staff critic, published 4 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Friday, May 19th, 1995. Wow, this is gonna be dated. Infused with a dark charm that will appeal to some girls, a little princess based on the classic novel by Frances Hodgson Burnett is as near to a mannered, lushly photographed merchant ivory style film as you'll get in a kid's Merchant ivory. That's exactly what it was like. The film is a tearjerker, but it would be more touching and inspiring had it the spark of childish spontaneity Hodgson Burnett wrote for her sprightly schoolgirl heroine, Sarah Crew, who entertains other girls with outlandish tales in their harshly run girls' boarding school. The 1939 Shirley Temple version of this book came closer to capturing Sarah's vitality. Wait, which one? The uh, Shirley Temple one I thought I was going to watch. Oh, I think I did watch the Shirley Temple one Oh, uh, previously. I was okay. really into Shirley Temple as a little kid. I yeah, almost I, watched that one, too, but then I noticed the title of That would have been hilarious if we had all been doing it on the wrong movie. Anyway, loopy, sorry, Kenny. Loopy, That's it. Loopy. Oh, that was it? That was harsh. That wasn't that harsh. I'm fine. Oh. I feel like this was not harshly, like super harshly reviewed. We'll get to it later. Well, okay. I mean, it, uh, and the reason I say it felt Oscar Beatty is, I mean, granted for 1995, what was 95? For- I mean, that was like, I mean, think next year was English Patient was the big film of 96. Yeah, but like it, it felt um, the colors were it's beautiful. beautiful. But, like in all honesty, the greens, uh, the, the greens, the even the poison yep. from the arrows when they came up, yep. it looked beautiful it, it looked like a gorgeous. spice market like it was no it looked way better than most kid films mm-hmm. and even though like now in context i can see that it's like oh this is clearly all done in a soundstage they're never right. actually outside which didn't you know click when i was little i'm like oh this whole movie i thought it was bigger because mm-hmm. in my little kid mind we're an indie they did a really good job of making it seem much bigger yeah. than it actually was and i'm like yeah. oh this is actually a pretty probably low not huge budget film like the storytelling was fantastic for that reason yeah Yeah. it was like very condensed and like it's a little ridiculous now like some of the things was like wow i've never heard a story like that before that did sound sort of like i was having an orgasm didn't it i'm sorry uh it was a little much we're gonna do a take two can i do a take 50 percent wow that really did sound like a magical land i've never heard a story like that before Uh golly don't do that. Don't don't besmirch uh, my little girl. Aaron, would you like to know the best picture nominees for films that came out in 1995? I would. Uh, Braveheart won, though, right? Uh, yeah, Jurassic yeah. Park, The Lost World, Jurassic Park 3. And oh, Toy no, Parks. no. Uh, Apollo 13? Yeah. Oh. Tracks. Il Postino, colon, The Postman. Oh, oh I don't remember Sense that. and Sensibility. Yeah. Oh, that's right on target. Braveheart, who won, and finally, Surprise. from the director of Mad Max Fury Road, Babe. Oh my god! So that, but Wait. that was the year, right? Yeah. Like, Babe, kids movie, but like oh, actually, that is not was, a kids movie. Nah. Babe was directed by Chris Noonan, but it was produced by George Miller. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't. Oh, so it's is not it the same the George Babe. That, uh, it is because watch. he ended up directing Babe: Pick of the City. Oh, good golly gee! <laughs> and then he's like, you know, I'm gonna go dive back into that Mad Max again and make an amazing movie no, in 2015. He went to go do best uh, movie of that year. He he did the Happy Feet movies after. Oh wow! What a career that guy. Yeah, George had. Miller has a lot. But no, I mean that's the thing. Like it was a de- the tone. It was very period piece mm-hmm. that around like ninety three to like because I think ninety three ninety four no ninety four 
Little Women, not the one that's coming out now, but their first one was like, um, it wasn't the first Little Women, but the Little Women from the early 90s that had um, Christian Bale, young yeah. Christian Bale in it as Laurie, had uh, Winona Ryder as Joe, it had nice. Susan Sarandon as a mom. Anyway, just like, a, and that was a really good movie. Like Little Women's a really solid, like little period piece. But I think it was just that time was just really inundated with these period pieces from yeah. like late 1800s, early 1900s, obviously Braveheart much earlier than that. But like the British, like they were just super into it in the mid 90s. And I think this is just a reflection of that. And I will say, I think I, I'm the only female in this room that I'm aware of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel pretty Tracks. solid about Registers, that. Registers, yeah. Registers? Yeah, yeah no, that, that's pretty common. I will, I will say this film, yeah. and I'm not trying to, like, if a little boy enjoys it, great, that's fine. But it is 1,000% for little girls. And it is, yeah. and it is hitting every little, like... Even with the the like how Miss Minchin like they're dealing with like major daddy issue shit, mm-hmm, like yeah. oh my god she's got like nobody ever told you you loved you nobody's ever told you you're pretty you are projecting your anger and your fear onto this little girl. Man, I did Whoa. not like her at all. No, but man, I did like when she left like the scene up at the top where she was like yelling at her in the attic and then she shut the door and she kind of like wiped her tear away because she's like because the little girl's like didn't any your daddy ever tell you that you were a princess and like yeah, didn't he yeah. love you and it was just like. She just was like, I was like, oh man, nobody has ever told you that you were lovable. Like, yeah. so it's like, yes, I hate that character, but also probably the most that. relatable. Person. It was super relatable. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, in that day and age, there's no way. And yeah. she clearly, she was like, she was resented the little girl mm-hmm. for having money. Oh yeah. Um, and and she was petty. She took her so petty. Her, yeah. her give me the locket. I could throw you in jail for that. Yeah, like that. Like, come on, man. Her dad just died. <laughs> Like if she wants a photo, she of was so daughter, excited to tell her that her dad died. Yeah, oh my God, she because was. She stops the party. She's which, like, why would you stop why? a birthday party to tell someone that their parent because died? she is bonering to tell I, her. I, I know it's a power trip. It's she a wants power to steal trip. the little kid's power, which is fucked up. Yeah, you know, she's like fun. a ranger with power. Don't you dare! And the other ones don't like you a, dare. The power rangers are amazing. The other ones are princess, good. but Lil. <laughs> what? Oh my God. And one's a moon. Also a sailor. You can leave now. You can go back to where you came. Just go shut the door. All right. I don't know if you've seen this, but James literally just evaporated because he was just so... He he looked like the poison from the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and he's back. A couple things about this. great. Yeah. One thing that I noticed this film this time around that I hadn't before was that... Uh, like a lot of other good movies, like there was the story within the story. Very, yeah. very Watchmen. Uh, it was the story. Within Spoilers. Spoiler yeah, alert. There's a story it. within the story. No, this is from the 1985 comic. Spoilers. I'm going to get out. Well, that's your problem. Um, it's been out. It's been out since I have literally been alive. But I just heard about it yesterday. Oh my gosh. Anyway, oh, it's, I love the story within the story narrative. And so like, I didn't realize at the time, but like the little story she's telling all the way through about this Indian God and this, you know, saving this little, this, woman from an evil monster like it's obviously just paralleling they they cut it throughout the the show or throughout the movie and it's like parallel you know to what's happening with her and her life essentially and i just really love that i think that that was such a cool device that also played into that magical realism and the imagination and that whole like india is cool man i didn't read the book or see the original um i kind of wonder if that was corone's choice I would love it if it was. I felt like, like it to was. Make, cause when, Kenny, do you have a thing? Yeah, I just realized why Aladdin in... I realized why the genie in Aladdin's blue. Why? It's because of that tradition of having 
gods be blue in Indian pieces. Yeah, but it's because the the uh, the the main god or the hero of the story here in a little princess is stealing from that trope. Yeah, of having that person be blue. And yeah, genie's blue. Yeah, except that G- Aladdin takes place in like an Arabic world, not India. But they just kind of took that and threw it. Well, away. I, th- yeah. I think I agree. Like, I agree. That's everything. yes. Western Western audiences wouldn't know the we difference. Like, clearly, yeah. we didn't know this the difference. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. You're right. That's why he's blue. It's because of the <laughs> what was the gods? What's that Hot god's take. name? Hot take. I liked Will Smith's rendition of the genie. All right, yeah, he, I didn't watch it. it. It's we. Everybody just went in there like, oh, well, Robin Williams. It's no Robin Williams. Well, yeah, I like of course, it. Robin Williams. And then was, he did he, a bang up job, and yeah. we're all like. No, Robin Williams. That's like, the yeah. only criticism. It's like, it's so okay, yeah. well, Robin Williams isn't with us anymore. May he rest in peace. Exactly. And but that's the only criticism people could throw at it. Like, I know, I was Robin like, Williams? guys, that's can fine. you just let Will Smith have one? He's I been know. a minute. Well, I loved how they, like, his style into it. Like, he, it, it was very Will Smith. Nice. It was very yeah. Will Smith. It was very Fresh Prince. It was very yeah. Will Smith. Yeah. Don't talk about Gemini Man like that. That's true. Oh, my God. Be but, um, yeah, I, it... it I'm interesting to know because the colors were beautiful. Everything was vivid. Everything. So gorgeous. Yeah, this movie looks gorgeous. It looks yeah. go- like way more than it has any right to be. For yeah. 95. Really golly, well done. That yeah. was like, that was top like eight grade. And you could tell they probably worked on that opening shot. Yep. For a minute they just and if I'm not mistaken, beautiful. he's very critical, very sweet man, but he's very critical. Just like, okay, one more time. One more time. Just mm-hmm. one more take. Yeah, just, let's, let's just do it again. It looks good, but the the, the leaves were to the left. I mean, like, Koran, yeah. as his career has progressed, has just gotten more and more, uh, I don't know, precise with his mm-hmm. techniques. You say precise. I say OCD, but that's because I <laughs> have issues with that. Anyway. What? Uh, what? No, go huh? on. What? No, what? Talk huh? about it. What? No, it's just, no, I'm not. It's fine. Why? Guys, do you notice, no, did you notice in I that don't scene? Know, I, don't, I don't know what you Did said. you know that scene? That, we're, we're moving on. Did you know that scene in um, where the there was like the scarf had blown away from her mm-hmm. and it was going toward the Indian man? Yeah. But it was like so clear that somebody was holding it. Oh, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, And yeah. then it was like, the go. camera was just uh-huh. right. And then it was uh-huh. kind of just like, and then they let go of it. Yeah, and yeah, it was, yeah. that was the only, in the whole movie, that was the only part I went, cheese balls. Hey, Cheese balls. Gorilla filmmaking, all right. Was yeah, not Gorilla filmmaking. It's Gorilla filmmaking. Film, whatever. It's Gorilla filmmaking. They had one take to do it, and they no, did it. No, it's Caron. He, I mean, at minimum, he's like, no, we can get it done in twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel, for I sure. feel good for about sure. that. Yeah, like, but I feel like he probably didn't have the cachet to be yeah. able to do that, considering yeah. this is his first. I will say, I am really glad that that this was not made by some white dude because there's some choices in it that like. I feel like contextually would have been like I feel like a little better about it. Like, yeah, yeah. Granted, it was 1995. Like, it's a different time, and also they're going off of a piece of literature. Like, Correct. so they're not. It's not like they're cho- Like, there actually was a magical kind of Indian presence thing. But I will say that that is the most shamey part of this movie, which is what I have been wanting to talk about, which is that trope of the magical Negro in this particular case, the magical Indian uh, person, where it's like there's a scene toward the end, so. If people haven't seen it, her dad dies or they think he dies in World War One. She loses all of her, Sarah loses all of her belongings and all of her stuff and becomes another servant. She goes upstairs and lives with Becky in the attic. And Miss Minchin is, you know, a royal bee to her as per usual. Yeah. And then as she's going and she kind of loses her faith for a little bit. But then all the little girls from downstairs, most of them come upstairs and are like, we still love you. Tell us more stories about India. And she kind of gets her like 
chutzpah back and says, mm-hmm. yes, I am a little princess. All girls are princesses. Hurrah, little girls, which I think is cool because that message was not like super prominent in mid-90s mm-hmm. yet. And I do think that this film, two big thumbs up for that because... And it didn't, I don't know, to me, it didn't feel patronizing as a little girl watching it. And even now as a woman, I was like, no, I'd show this to my kid. I think I don't have a problem with this movie at all. Um, but she goes up there and one night they, Miss Minchin is is super mad because she got her locket back, which little girls downstairs actually stole for her. Um, and all the little girls were up there. And so she was super pissed. And she's like, both of you aren't going to get food tomorrow. Becky, you're locked in your room. Sarah, you're going to do all of her chores for the whole day and your chores And so they pretend before they go to bed to eat like imaginary food. And they talk about this feast that they've been dreaming of. So cute. So cute. So very, I mean, I kind of agree. I feel like that's kind of that same feeling. There was, and that, how it's like, it's outside, but it's inside. Mm -hmm. Except obviously Hook was way more stylized. It was a whole thing. But it felt that same kind of inside, outside magical feeling. Um, and and it made you feel like a kid. It like, did. It made you feel like adult, a kid. This I'm movie, like, oh, so cute. I feel like, like even in this movie, I was like, oh, I feel like a kid mm-hmm. watching this movie. Yeah. I feel like I'm in this like this beautiful green built. Oh, so many greens. I just, oh, yeah. I love color coordination so much, you guys. <laughs> um, I was like, so many great greens in this movie. <laughs> this movie's gorgeous. It's a yeah. gorgeous movie. Um, but yeah, so anyways, all that happens to him. And so they go to sleep and they wake up and their room has actually, not like imaginary, has actually been transformed into like basically like an indian kind of colored room it's like oranges and yellows and spiced foods and sausages and their robes and they're they're sleeping in a magnificent bed with magnificent sheets and it's it's like a bedroom it's a chamber it's a chamber (laughs) right it's still the attic but it's it's like it's it's been completely redone Mm -hmm. overnight and that's the one thing that looking that was the one part where i went oh this is literally not possible and i remember when i was a kid i was thinking oh my gosh the indian man who lives across the way because that's the magical indian man who lives across Ram like the Dass. window across it's Ram Dass. his name is ramdas it's not ramdas it is wait what yeah his name is ramdas in the movie yeah you J- have that on imdb jt wait Ram the ramdas it's not the ramdas no i know it's not the ramdas i'm saying a oh my goodness but no is it really that was his name hold on i'm looking i am imdb uh, right now J.P. Ramdas. Uh, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, anyway, so, uh, so, but I realized as a kid, I, I'd actually thought he had come across the way during the night and decorated it all while they were asleep, which in hindsight is creepy, but it's like, oh, and now it's just like, oh no, he literally magically made this happen. Because yeah, he's magic. Yeah, and so it's like, on the one hand, I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm kind of okay because they're literally saying this guy is magic, but on the other hand, I'm kind of not okay with it because they're basically just saying because he's Indian, and he's India and is in general and yeah, he is magic. And uh, I'm like, heh. So and then like, like these little girls, his whole world revolves around making their lives better from yeah. the window across the right. way. It's yeah. like really this is all he And he's has kind of mysterious. For? He's got a monkey on his and he's sure. on his shoulder. He's but he's a servant to this right. white dude, you know? Right. Classic. Classic, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he was diegetic with in the film. Like he wasn't an outside force. That was like in their mind. He's like yes. he affected the real world. Yeah, he was okay. even on the boat coming over. Okay, with just want to make sure. Them. So, so I, I don't, I'm not too familiar with uh, the the magical Negro. Correct, that's what it's called. Bagger Vance. Uh, what is ghost? The, <laughs> Sorry, I'm what, just gonna what, list all of them. Was that was this that popular in the '90s? Swayze, classic archetype. Yeah, yeah, stop. Yeah, no, it was super popular during the '90s. I actually pulled up a list earlier of some of like the main performances. Actually. Hey, vamp for time, Kenny, while I look this up. Uh, I know, oh, so, no, I've got some notes. <clears throat> uh, 
Uh, the only children's film you'll find with mustard gas. <laughs> oh, uh, that's fantastic. Oh, no. She has to live like the only other girl of color at the school. What? Because she turned into a servant and lost all her money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that pie in the movie? Best looking pie I've literally ever it, seen. It looks that amazing. That cake. It's, that cake. Yeah. And I was like, that get it. Like, who ate that cake? Well, I know who ate the cake actually uh, later, but I'm not going to go Bring there. that cinnamon roll back to Becky. The steam. Because Becky is a young girl of color who's just locked in the attic. Presumably not, hasn't eaten in weeks. A decent no, meal. she... She that's she gets fed at the school. Like well, that's very clear. But she's getting scraps. She's getting whatever's left. Guys, no, she clearly gets fed. Like mm. I'm sorry. Like well, no. no, she gets fed. But she's also, that welfare. mom had the creepiest voice in all the land. Oh. There was on the street with the two girls with the flowers. Anybody want a flower? Anybody want a flower? Oh, in her so, I'm so sorry, but that's how it sounds. Uh, she was creepy looking. It's you're weird good. when Ram Dass does a double white power symbol at Sarah. I doubt that that was what happened. Goes like this. <laughs> uh, oh, I wish this was a video podcast so bad. But uh, okay, I, I want to tell y'all some of the. Oh, I've got one last note. Okay, fine. Yo, that kid falling down the chimney. More movies should have that though. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's like, funny. I'm falling out of the chimney. <laughs> I'm a falling out of a chimney. Um, okay, so come some of the other ones. So Oda May. In sure. Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost, yeah. um, yeah. Rafiki and The Lion King. Yeah, Even though mm. I mean, no, no, no. it's a cartoon, it's, but, but it's, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Benjamin Bubba Blue and Forrest Gump. Classic. Um, uh, Red and Shawshank Redemption. Mm. I a little bit disagree with that one. Well, actually, I Red is a super central character to that film and is has his own thing going on. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, I so I'm gonna say so I'm wait, not 100 percent behind that. Of this term? Yeah. So the term the is the magical only? Negro is a supporting stock character in fiction who, by use of special insider powers, often of a supernatural or quasi mystical nature, helps the white protagonist get out of trouble. African American filmmaker Spike Lee popularized the term, deriding the archetype of the super duper magical Negro in quotes. In 2001, while discussing films with students at Washington State University and Yale University, um, and so yeah, so it's like it's a it's a trope, and it's it's actually funny. I was just watching. Have y'all seen that new sketch show on Netflix that just came out recently? Astronomy Club. Astronomy Club. What? Really good. It's it's six episodes. It's an all black cast, and it's it's a bunch of people you've probably seen in other stuff, but they're from New York, from UCB. It's great. It's I on Netflix. Watch this. Well, it's, it just it. came out. Go watch it, James. But the point is, they, they just one of the sketches in the second episode is it's like a, it's like a support group for magical Negroes to not help white people. <laughs> oh. It's a great sketch. Oh, but funny. so it's funny that I just watched that like two days ago, and then I watched this today, and I'm like, not that I didn't was not aware of the trope before. Of course, I was aware of the trope and how it, problematic it is. But it was like. Oh yeah, but they had in it Odame. They had the guy that was like the driver from Driving Miss Daisy. They had Bagger Vance. You know, they had all of these guys. They had um, oh, what was his name? Michael Clark Duncan from the Green Mile. Yep, that's a that's a big one. Driving Miss Daisy has the magical Negro stereotype, even though that he's literally not a magical Negro. 
Yeah. Uh, but Morgan Freeman's character still exists to mm-hmm. help solve the racism of the white character. Yeah. Uh, he he does not have a dynamic life necessarily. He yep. serves to function, and that's why so yep. many people don't like Green Book because yep. the movie that it, the, the character that it should be about is this incredibly well accomplished musician, but instead the movie is about the white driver who mm-hmm. races who mm. who overcomes racism. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The of this That's, with, with accomplished those, piano. With yeah, those, with those definitions, I don't see Shawshank Redemption doing that. Then. I yeah, I disagree with that one. That's on the list, and I disagree yeah. with it yeah. uh, very much. So because I'm like, I was like, I've never, th- I know what, like, we all know immediately, like, oh yeah, that movie, that movie, that yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. that one. I'm like, he's just living his yeah. life. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I get. I get that it was around that time. It came mm-hmm. out in 94. Again, this is kind of, we're seeing a similar theme. The 90s, it was, 80s and 90s was very heavily into this in the early 2000s. Well, uh, and magical, it still happens. Uh, I mean. I mean, the, the magical Negro trope is something that goes back so far. Yeah. Again, to bring around Sung in the South, Uncle Remus. Uh, yeah. Yep. Based off of the Uncle Remus stories, Uncle Remus is a magical Negro who's like, you know what? Wish we could live in a simpler time, you yeah. know, when slavery existed. Oh, yeah. Lord yeah. in heaven. I mean, that's that's basically what that means. Yeah. And he serves to enrich the life of the main white characters. And he's like, boy, oh, boy, uh, it sure was great on the plantation. And the thing is, it's like, I, you know, until I went to film school, you know, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of it. Because right. yeah. it was so, and again, Spike Lee, I think, was the one who really like started talking about it more in two thousand one, which makes sense. I was in film school from oh four to oh eight, and but it I was know. it was crazy watching that and going like, oh, oh, this is everywhere, and I'm so it's so normalized, yeah. and it's and of course it and of course I'm a white woman, and I'm just like, of course it's normalized. It didn't ever bother me, or mm-hmm. I didn't really think about it, and then you and then you go, uh, it, it, it also important. <laughs> For those types of people, uh, also to clarify, I'm just so white, but I want to talk about this. Uh, <laughs> Kenny is very white. I'm just uh, so darn white. Fairly Whenever I pale. go home, I'm going to go eat a vanilla candle for dinner. <laughs> and it's going to be too spicy. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, With mayonnaise on top. Just spread but, some mayonnaise. But this Miracle magi- Whip this magical Negro, Gross. This magical Negro trope. <laughs> provides a false catharsis for going well racism doesn't exist because this movie solved racism uh because this other character is like boy oh boy uh i'm just a person just like you and the white person is like you know what i never thought about it like that <laughs> yeah it's you true. are a person it's it was like very much a trope that's like you, it's almost like but look at this great thing we did and of course in the 90s we thought we were starting to solve racism forever and now we know that is not a thing um i yeah i agree with that and i think so in the context of this film obviously it's not literally um you know like an african-american it's it's an actual indian person from india and i i think it's really interesting and it's like on the one hand i love that they're sharing this like culture and this like i remember growing up and going you know i grew up christian evangelical christian I had no idea about this other, like th- this other right. faith even exists. And so it was like, oh, not only are you exposing me to this different culture, to India, to this idea that there is this beautiful, magical place that is outside of Western civilization that I never knew about, um, that I can start imagining about. It's like all of that is great. And I think imagination is great. And I think exposing people to other cultures at a young age is great. Obviously, we would do it different now, right. 20 years plus years later, but at the same time it's also like then it's putting this sort of box of like cool but now you're 
you're Indian and so you are magic. Like it's, it's I don't, novelty. It's novelty. Thank yeah. you. I couldn't find the it, words, but that was what was really I felt like was my my thing that I took out from this one. Going that's mm, that's problematic. I feel like if this movie were if this property were adapted today, it wildly would, different. It would just be peppered with girls that were of all nationalities. Yeah, uh, because this film is steeped in magical realism. Uh, despite the fact that there's a magical Indian man uh, that transforms their room overnight, the film operates with a certain kid logic. It does. Uh, That's true. It, it's heightened. Whenever you first meet uh, Miss Minchin, she literally glides down the stairs. I love the way she yeah. walked down the stairs with these oh, little yeah. tiny... If you haven't seen just watch that like the big first 15 minutes of the film and watch her go down the stairs like she's some sort of evil elf. Yeah. And she just walks down, pitter-patter, pitter-patter, and just, oh. Like and she's I, got centipede legs. Oh, I loved it so much. Yeah. And this whole film has a rhythm to yeah. it yeah. that I just love. You can play a drum beat to it. it it's great. As, yeah. As, as rough of a time as I think this movie has in terms of just racial politics. Sure. A really delightful thing and one of the things that I love doing about this podcast is putting myself into the shoes of the demographic that this movie is for. You mean With, me at, at ba- 9 or 10 years old? I, I feel like this movie Disney. is specifically for <laughs> middle to upper class uh, <laughs> white girls. Uh, Heidi. Ding, ding, ding. You found me. <laughs> you found me, guys. Yeah, which uh, again, how many properties at this point in time are for boys? Well, yeah, and and yeah. also how many movies at this time were being made for little girls? And additionally, uh, it, it's so devoid of male energy and any men that exist in the movie kind of serve the to women enhance the women's yeah. lives. Yes, agreed. Uh, which is something, and this movie did not perform terribly well at the box office. No. Uh, but then but, again, it looked pretty low budge, you know what yeah. I mean? It could have been funny. more than, I mean, I think seven million, maybe, budget? I just don't think we'll ever be able to find out. <laughs> I'll look. I'm going to say... It felt, like, it felt like a seven to ten, honestly, but maybe, I, I, I might be wrong, it was a 11. studio 11.2. Yeah, you, know, you, you might be right. I'm also thinking of inflation, how it might have been less then. Like, mm. now it looks like it maybe was 15. We're all wrong. What was it? Uh, 17 mil USD. Really? Yeah. Oh. Wait, no, that's how much it made or how much it No, was... that was its budget. That was its wow. budget. Wow. That's, that's, that's 90s so, money. That's still fairly low budget for a movie. That it is. Yeah. It is. Uh, You're right. I was I was, I was, was adjusting too low yeah. for inflation. Uh, Sorry. Speaking of numbers, it's uh, coming to the end of our show, which means that it's time to play uh, America's favorite game. Can I just ask one real quick question? Uh, granted, Absolutely. all of those. Hold on. James? No, I also have a follow-up after Aaron's question. Okay, but do you grant? Yeah, I grant. Uh, Heidi? Wait, what's happening? Uh, if someone wants to contribute, we have to get full permission from the table. Yes. Okay. Um, so, on on still on the topic of the Magical Negro uh, portion of this, could it be possible? Because all of those films, pretty big shit. Yes. They're, it's not like we're dealing with, you know, Mm-mm. straight to DVD, straight to movie well, stuff. Yeah, because it, it appeals to that liberal sensibility. Could could Corona have just said no? This is what they like. We'll we'll put it in. Because I don't think that that part was in the the book. The what the the, the, the all the, the stuff appearing in the well, well the the like the magical Negro part of just like was it not? I, I, I didn't know. I, didn't, I didn't read the book because I'm kind of curious. Just like it's fitting, we got it's got it. Like if if you want a successful film, you got to have hot. it in there. It's hot right. It was now. yeah. It was the hot right cake. It was the McRib of. The I mean, time. I definitely feel like. It it served a purpose. Is the McRib 
of the mid nineties. I just want to note that Kenny Madison said that, and none of the rest he of us just did. said it. I well, no, I just said that. I made it to a complete. You are. Sentence. Oh my god! I'm gonna pull this microwave away I'm from you. Pee. No. Oh my god. You're gonna pee. <laughs> I peaked. Is what I heard. Um, but yeah, I. But yeah, go go on. I. No, no, it's fine. I was. I'm, oh, but I'm yeah, just I agreeing, kind of. Yeah, I just think it was. Uh, yeah, the, the, somebody will watch it if we put this in there. Because I mean, it was his first American yeah, language was, film. Yeah. yeah, so like he was just like, this is what they like. I would I would be very interested if anybody's read the book to know like what the adaptation, what was in it, what wasn't. Yeah. Um. I mean, here's the thing. I don't. Even it's weird because it's like, is it wrong? Like I don't, I don't know if it's, is it right or wrong? I don't know. I just, I just, I could there have been another way? Like I almost feel like there could have been this is, some this is other also, way to do it. This is also a critical thing to talk about because ju- just because something is wrong, you look at the rest of Koran's filmography and look at the other opportunities that he has given people of color, and you can contextualize the dark sure. thing. Right. Well, I think he was for hire on this bad boy. This well, wasn't like his creation. Yeah, right. and, and I think the other thing, too, is for the longest time, this was people's exposure to get into the industry. People of color's exposure. Yes. And like, fuck it, if you were the magical Negro, that's the role you got, man. Yeah. It, it paid bills, and if you wanted to be in the... It's true. Oof. The, and so. the way Unfortunately. You address problematic behavior like this is you don't... The thing that we as humans do, do is we just get our hackles up and we're like, hold on, not, I'm not guilty of that behavior, as opposed to just doing the easier thing, which is, okay, I didn't realize that. Right. What can I do? Stepping back and accepting and moving forward from there. Right. Uh, which I would argue definitely he has. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, James. James, what was your do thing? I have permission? Yes. yes. Granted. Was the little girl that played Matilda in this? No. Okay, so the Rotten Tomatoes game. That was, no, that was legit. I thought. No, no, she, it wasn't her. No, no, okay. it wasn't her. But because it looked very similar. Yeah, you're correct. But no, okay, she wasn't in you. this. Um, really quickly, because I'm new to this podcast, so I can veto. Um, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron I'm you're James. In. Cool. That's Kenny. Great. Um, I just went. So overall, though, like, what do we think of the film? Because we've been we've been hammering on this one thing because this is called Shane Watson. So we want to focus on the thing that's like, yeah. the most shameful, which I think we agree is that. Yeah. Um. But overall, as a film, and again, the context of 1995, context that this is a film not for made for us adults, but made for little girls. And the fact that it was set in World War One. Yeah, like, what do you what do you think overall? I like it. I think it's a difficult watch politically. Uh, but I, I like the tone. I like the elevated tone of it. It sticks to its own internal logic, which is really fun. Uh, yeah. yeah. I also enjoyed it. Uh, I mean... It was a little slow, but that's all right. Uh, I do like the message they were trying to. What message is that? I think we're just... all little princesses. <laughs> kind of. It was just like women have voices. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And also, racism's bad. <laughs> you think women have voices, or you think the message was saying that women have voices? Both. <laughs> okay. I feel women like I feel voices. like I I caught that. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm a little tired. For uh, for me. I liked it. I really did. This I was not one yet at the time, so this would not have been in my parents' wheelhouse. How old are you? I'm uh, 25. All right. Yeah, I'm an, I'm, an only, <laughs> I'm an only child, too, from South Texas. There would have been no way in hell we, we would have watched this. Um, only child, fine. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. I'm yeah, not okay. an only child. But, um, you have so, sister? I have a little sister. There would have been no... This would not have been in my parents' wheelhouse to watch. They just, you know, put... Uh, Batman was my go-to Batman. Batman. Your mom sets you down and like Batman, Batman. Star Batman. Wars, or Blade. <laughs> what do you want? Or a little. <laughs> what do you want? 
And I was uh, like, little princess, little princess. Blade it is. But you feel like, like for what it is, it's... No, I, I, in all honesty, it reminded me a lot of Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. How explorative and fairy tale. Which is why I was like, is it that? Dr-? And then I was like, oh, it's yeah. not. Yeah, it was But it's like Toro. a much littler version of Yeah, that. and that's what <laughs> I really like about it, is because they call each other their compadres, Del Toro and... Uh, and Coron, yeah. they, they're, they're, that's their compadres. That's who yeah. they look after in- for. Yeah. Yeah, in, uh, uh, in- those, those three dudes are like super they're tight. They're tight. And yeah. like they won the so Oscars. So that could have like been, and that could have been like, those could have been. His tip of the hat yeah. to so. uh, to yeah. uh, to him. So like, yeah. I really like that. And it reminded me of that. So now as a, as a 25-year-old male nice. looking at it, I know, to brag about it. Um, <laughs> looking yeah, at it, I'm like, you know, this is cute. It's charming. And. I was really, fo- I was sitting on the floor. I felt like a kid. Like, I was sitting on the floor watching it, and uh, my roommate was like, What is this kind of like Annie? I was like, Kind of, not really. Daddy Warbucks is her Annie's bio. Not dad. A child's movie, and but... yeah, like, <laughs> I was like, There's a boarding school, and it's not an orphanage, but there are, it's a lot of kids in one house. So, can we, can we talk about the third act really quick and how heart wrenching that was? Can, yes. Can we? Can we, can we oh. <laughs> It's been a long day. Yeah, it's been a long day. I mean, just because you stayed up all night watching Star Wars isn't my problem. I know. That's all I'm saying. I, I really want to talk about the I little want, princess. Okay. This is Heidi's time. This is my time. This is Heidi's time. Um, yeah, it was. It was heightened. It was. It was exhausting. It was heart wrenching. It was pretty. Oh, sorry, I was talking. When she's screaming, like so, at the very end, her papa he has amnesia because he got injured, and he's and he literally is like next door where the magical Indian man lives, and he's a servant of this other guy whose son actually did die in World War One, and he's so he's forgotten everything, and Sarah's escaping from Miss Minchin and the police through series of events, and she ends up downstairs in this dark room, and electricity comes on. <laughs> Somehow she doesn't recognize her father's voice, whatever. But that's like, why I, did, I had a, I, I had, I had a moment, yeah. a hard time swap, but I'm also like, she's in some deep trauma shit right yeah. now. Yeah. I'm going to forgive yeah. it. So, but anyways, the lights come on, she sees her father. He's like pushing her away, and he's like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. Literally, they drag her away, the police drag her away, she's screaming, and then all of a sudden, Magical Negro literally stands in front of the dad, just looks at him, and then in the background we hear, you know, that like music yeah. that comes on, and all of a sudden you like see his eyes light up, and then he runs outside. Sarah! And they run and jump, and I get chills just even saying that right now, but it's just really fun. And then it's Becky so crawls into his arms too. Yes, yeah. which I love, and then they adopt her, and that's amazing. And yeah. Oh, yeah. See, it, it's worth it. Okay. So I'm going to give this a uh, 73 and the critics all right uh i just want to say really quickly i'm sorry uh that yeah i would say that like obviously it doesn't have the same impact as when i was a child but i will say the thing that i really loved was the rhythm of this Mm -hmm. how even the cadence of how especially the main little girl i'm like i love you know asmr the like the i think it started with that little girl's voice i swear to god she's got the most rhythmic and it's just her real voice but she's like guys papa where are you going guys like, every little girl is there and this isn't it but it's just like it's so earnest she was an amazing storyteller yes like, that's just flat out she should have she was who i wanted to be at that age because yeah. i i wanted to be like a little actress and everything but i had fear and anxiety and issues oh. and also i didn't think i was a pretty little girl so oh. so i know it's hey. sad but anyway we won't get into no, that now right. but now You're a big time actress that's been oh, uh, award well. nominated oh. You're with you Kenny oh. Madison. Haven't you been nominated for Beyond Pains before, though? No. That's silly. Um, but anyways, the point being, I just think that other than the the main problematic thing that we talked about and a few like things that I'm like, eh, that's some BS, yeah. uh, I really still feel like it holds up pretty well. It looks great. It looks good. 
Um, and I think honestly, the overall story of, you know, it's, it's very, it's very basic, but it's just like every little girl is important. Every girl is a princess. I'm sure there's some feminists out there that would be like, no, but no, that's not, it's about, it's about value. No, it's about valuing girls and about valuing their importance and Mm -hmm. their love and how they're not less than boys. And I think that in that day and age, it was a big deal that a dad would pay that much attention to his daughter. Oh, oh yeah. without a doubt. Huge deal. And to have Huge. a movie about it. Yeah. To a father and daughter's love. Massive big deal. Okay. The end. Very important. Also, I love my dad, so that's all. Oh. So love maybe, you kids. Maybe, if you're, if you're maybe that touched yeah, me in my heart. That's like the basic thing anyway, Kenny. Yeah. Kenny. So the Rotten Tomatoes game <laughs> is based off of the website Rotten Tomatoes, a film review aggregator. Oh, takes- wait. Hold on. Bum, ba dum 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 Splat. I just wanted to get in on it. Now? Go yes, ahead. now. Now is the time that now we do the theme song. Hey, Kenny, <laughs> it's like 10. I'm kind of ready to wrap this up. Um, if you could hurry the F up. Are you rubbing your nose? Kenny is rubbing his nose on his microphone. Are you Eskimo kissing the... See... No, Eskimo kisses the winky eye, which oh, I'm now no, doing. No, it's the nose. Uh, yeah, it's the nose. It, it is? Butterfly kisses. Oh, butterfly... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. butterfly kisses. Clisses. Clisses. butterfly kisses. No, I don't want to do that. Uh, so, <laughs> so, Kenny, the Rotten Tomatoes game. The Rotten Tomatoes game is based off of the website Rotten Tomatoes, a film review aggregator that takes all submitted film reviews, averages them out. Don't cheat, oh, Heidi. Look at my I, I numbers. Was, I didn't know that there... I'm sorry. I didn't know what the game was. Hold on, dude. I'm I, explaining what the game is. I'm sorry. I, right, I just... I'll, I was looking at the copy you were reading. I'll delete sorry. this. I'll delete this. But no, I didn't... I yeah, didn't I'll look... start over. James. Okay. I oh, welcome to Shame Watch. Go free dive in those massive movies that we hate to Time we've intro. I'm Kenny Madison, Chief Archives. I'm Heidi Rogers. I'm a local. Okay. Uh, Heidi, you're an actress, comedian, raconteur? I don't know what that means. Uh, make make the joke, Livingston. What was your uh, name? Today we're covering the 1995 <laughs> Alfonso. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, cool. Cordial? The Rotten Tomatoes game is Space Pothole. What? The Rotten Tomatoes game is based off the website Rotten Tomatoes. Bop, bop, dump, splat. The Rotten Tomatoes game is based off the website Rotten Tomatoes, a film review aggregator that takes all submitted film reviews, averages them out by a pass-fail system that assigns a percentage on how many people might think a movie is either fresh or rotten. This is not a score that a film is X percent good. It is only a score of how many people liked it. Uh, Heidi, I'm going to be asking you for two numbers, both the critical approval rating of this film on Rotten Tomatoes as well as the audience rating of this film Are, on uh, Rotten Is the Tomatoes. audience... In a 10-point scale, or is it also 100 points? Uh, it's, it's out of a 100% scale, okay. and we're pre- playing reverse Price is Right scores, so uh, you need to be the closest without going under. Oh, that's Because different. we like to spread positivity on um, this podcast. I'm going to say, ooh, critics. Ooh, I'm trying to think uh, of like... Out of 34 critical reviews. Wow. <laughs> that's not well, a lot. That's a lot. That's not a lot. Well, additionally, this film came out in 1995. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, they didn't have uh, words then. <laughs> It's true. I know. So, like, I'm really trying to think in the context of that time. I'm going to say 83%. 83%. Why for, for, for the critics. Sure. For f- people oh, we're watching come it. Back around oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Gotcha. No worries. Uh, why 83%? I'm just thinking there's some people that just might not get it, um, especially some dudes. What? But then again, most reviewers were dudes back then, slash, probably still are. That's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I genuinely don't know. I think it's better than that, but I, I'm, I'm aiming low. Hey, uh, Heidi is on eighty-three. Aaron, I'm gonna say seventy-two. Seventy-two percent. Oh yeah, only because a lot of the same reasons you yeah. said. People aren't gonna get it, mm-hmm. and I feel like nobody knew Coron at the time. Yeah, 
and he wasn't who he is today. Um, this might this was like the year one or intern guy's thing to go do. This this was his sure. his his piece. Yeah. And James, you earlier said a number, but you have the ability to change. Considering sticking with seventy four percent. Okay, you said seventy three, but I guess I'm changing to seventy four. Seventy four, uh, uh, folks. Uh, the review that I read at the beginning is the only negative review. Oh, wow. wow. The critic score for this film is 97%. Wow. That's awesome. And I feel like I am way more on board with that, but I wanted to go low. So I win? No, we no all one lose. Win. Wait, I don't understand because why. Because we all went under. Oh, you ha- I'm sorry. I misunderstood. So had you said 98, I- you would have won. Oh. Or 97. Wow. Or, 97. or 99. Even uh, though I would not have expected yeah. that. Or a so, so can I tell you what I think What I think people think? Yeah. I yeah. think I think 90%. Nine, I'll say 93%. I don't know why. I like threes tonight for some reason. I think this was a cult following, wasn't it? I mean, How many people reviewed this? Out of 240,409. Wow! I'm going to say... Uh, Again, it pales in comparison to the amount of ratings that Too Fast, Too Furious has gotten. Oh my gosh. I'm going to say 93%. 93%. Too Fast, Too Furious is great. I just want to... When they hit the nitro... What do you got? What do you got? Perfect. Uh, Jacto Seat, huh? Uh, I don't know, Marm. <laughs> Jacto Seat, huh? Yeah! That's not I, a number. I, uh, I'm going to say... Um, <laughs> seeing Too Fast, Too Furious... Tyrese has an ejecto suit. Oh, yeah, my and God. then uh, so uh, Paul, uh, I love that film. What's the other guy? Paul Walker? Paul, I almost said Paul Wall. That's a rapper. Uh, but Paul Walker was uh, trying to throw cut, too. Didn't work. Didn't work, my boy. Sorry. I'm going to say 92%. I like you go one under me. That's funny. God damn, I didn't know. Ninety-eight. Too late. You what? No, you already said ninety-two. Uh, cannot thousand. change it. I'm a I'm lucky in it as ninety-two. I win. Oh my god, James, uh, our two-time winner from last week. Can you? Br- Although I messed up again because I should have gone higher. I'm dumb. Ninety-nine percent. Ninety-nine. You're probably gonna win. What a cheat! I should have said ninety-eight percent. All right. James does not win this one, which no. means that one of you two wins this round. <laughs> Heidi? Yeah. Aaron wins this round. <laughs> I knew it! Damn it! Uh, I knew you were going to do that as soon as you looked at me with your little face. I knew. The correct answer is 88%. This has an 88% approval That's rate. That's still really good, uh, I yeah. think. That's still really solid. For the amount of well, people? Yeah. Because this is, this is how, you know, whenever Rotten Tomatoes started, it was at least 10 years after yeah. this. Or maybe not 10 years, but a while. 25 years yeah. after. It started last week. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm saying like all these people are seeing it out of context, like in hindsight. So I'm guessing that that probably brought it down a little bit because yeah. it's not, you know, in the time. Uh, um, hi, did you have fun? Yes, I had so much fun. I'm, I, I, yes, I just want to do it again and again and again. Okay, I come, love it so much. Over. All right, well, we'll come back next week. Um, well, I don't, I don't know if I want to come back that soon. going to be back next week for our next episode. Uh, uh, super I think uh, he's going to be our fifth addition yeah. to Shame Watch. Definitely. Is there normally more people here? Well, we have Olivia. She's our social media guru. And oh. she has a spot at the table. Yeah. I mean, not literally. Do I know Olivia? Well, no. I don't believe so. Because okay. she's a musician. Ah, okay. I mean, if she, if she wants it, she can have it. Can I drop my line? Yeah. yeah. All podcasts are princesses. Aww. It is our right. And that's been our episode of Shame Watch. All, all, all people, princesses, even this podcast. That's what I say. Oh, I do. Oh, I do. Have I have I given y'all my Cockney accent before? Please do. Please okay, debut hold right on. Here. Oh God. Hello, puppet. <sighs>
There we go. And so, that's been our episode of Shame Watch. Thank you to Denise Hudson for our rockin' theme song. Thank you, Hudson, for our rockin' theme song. And to James Garcia for our artwork. Thank you, James. Good and man. Olivia Suarez. Olivia Suarez, you're great. For our social media. And Such a, a good, cool she's a great person. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Shame Watch on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. Do you have a suggestion? A question, a comment, or general tomfoolery you want to contribute to the pod? Tomfoolery. Send it Send it our way. Visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at ShameWatchPod so we can talk with Same you. ShameWatchPod. Finally. Pod of shame. You can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash shamewatch. Give us money, please. It That's does cost right. money to put out superb content like this pod, so even a $1 donation can make a huge difference. I need a dollar. Until next I time. I need a dollar. Until I need a dollar, be Until next time, our watch has ended. Dive at your own risk. And finally, happy, happy birthday. Oh my gosh. To wait, wait, wait. I oh, forgot to do, do something. You need to do the yeah, I need a patrons. Well, you haven't I, done the patrons, patrons. for a while, buddy. No, no, no. no. I'm sorry. You got to do the patrons, bro. Uh, so, in order, thank you, Kenny Madison, Madison. of Austin, Texas. Thank uh, you, Aaron Salinas of Austin, Texas. Gene Fight of Bowling, uh, Bowling Green, Green, Ohio. Ohio. Oh, guys, I'm from Bowling Green, Ohio. God damn it. Wait, are so you just saying your own names? No, it's our patrons. Uh, thank you to Alan Smith <laughs> of Austin, Austin Texas. Texas. See, Bradley McPherson of, of Tulsa. Okay. Jennifer Steinberg of Austin, Austin Texas. Texas. Heraclio Gonzalez Jr. Thank you. Of Austin, 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 Austin Texas. Texas. And that's, uh, thank you for giving us your money. He's in the other room, actually. Dunkashin. Uh, we still need to do that uh, chicken video. The yep. chicken it's, it's video. A, it's buck, a greasy chicken. It's a racist chicken. Happy birthday, birthday to you. No. Happy birthday to you.